The Old Testament reading is taken from Genesis chapter 25, verses 19 to the end. These are the descendants of Isaac, Abraham's son. Abraham was the father of Isaac, and Isaac was 40 years old when he married Rebekah, daughter of Bethuel the Aramean of Paddan Aram, sister of Laban the Aramean. Isaac prayed to the Lord for his wife, because she was barren. And the Lord granted his prayer, and his wife Rebekah conceived. The children struggled together within her, and she said, If it is to be this way, why do I live? So she went to inquire of the Lord. And the Lord said to her, Two nations are in your womb, and two peoples born of you shall be divided. The one shall be stronger than the other. The elder shall serve the younger. When her time to give birth was at hand, there were twins in her womb. The first came out red, all his body like a hairy mantle, so they named him Esau. Afterwards his brother came out, with his hand gripping Esau's heel, so he was named Jacob. Isaac was sixty years old when she bore them. When the boys grew up, Esau was a skilful hunter, a man of the field, while Jacob was a quiet man, living in tents. Isaac loved Esau because he was fond of game, but Rebekah loved Jacob. Once when Jacob was cooking a stew, Esau came in from the field and he was famished. Esau said to Jacob, Let me eat some of that red stuff, for I am famished. Therefore he was called Edom. Jacob said, First, sell me your birthright. Esau said, I am about to die. Of what use is a birthright to me? Jacob said, Swear to me first. So he swore to him, and sold his birthright to Jacob. Then Jacob gave Esau bread and lentil stew, and he ate and drank, and rose and went his way. Thus Esau despised his birthright. The New Testament reading is taken from Matthew chapter 13, verses 1 to 9, and 18 to 23. Hear the Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Matthew. Jesus went out of the house and sat beside the lake. Such great crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat there, while the whole crowd stood on the beach. And he told them many things in parables, saying, Listen, a sower went out to sow. And as he sowed, some seeds fell on the path, and the birds came and ate them up. Other seeds fell on rocky ground, where they did not have much soil, and they sprang up quickly, since they had no depth of soil. But when the sun rose, they were scorched, and since they had no root, they withered away.
Other seeds fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked them. Other seeds fell on good soil and brought forth grain, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. Let anyone with ears listen. Hear then the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what is sown in the heart. This is what was sown on the path. As for what was sown on rocky ground, this is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy, yet such a person has no root, but endures only for a while. And when trouble or persecution arises on account of the word, that person immediately falls away. As for what was sown among thorns, this is the one who hears the word, but the cares of the world and the lure of wealth choke the word, and it yields nothing. But as for what was sown on good soil, this is the one who hears the word and understands it, who indeed bears fruit and yields, in one case a hundredfold, in another sixty, and in another thirty. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Greetings, dear ones. I wonder how you're doing. In this season, I sometimes feel as though I'm thriving, but at other times, if I'm honest, I'm struggling. Anyone else feel sorely tested, wishing circumstances were different? Thankfully, I can't see you all shaking your heads, looking perplexed, saying, no, that's only you, Jenny. In our Genesis reading, we hear of family members each struggling and desiring something other than their current circumstances. We have Rebecca and Isaac desiring to see God's promises fulfilled, to have a baby, but not conceiving. Esau feels ravenous, desiring a fast food fix, regardless of the consequences. Then there's Jacob, Ambitious for his older brother's rights, desiring inheritance and blessing, however long he must wait. Each of them wanting the present and the future to be different. What might you be yearning for in this season? Even though Rebecca and Isaac had to wait 20 years before conceiving the twins by God's grace, they held on to the promise that God had made through Abraham. They believed that and Isaac prayed for this promise to bear fruit. They nurtured the truth, the promise, in the context of knowing God is trustworthy and faithful to keep his word, regardless of what the circumstances appear to be. And sure enough, in God's timing, two nations were born through them. This is in stark contrast with their eldest son's approach to life. Esau also has the legal right 
to inherit the promise and blessing. But instead of nurturing this in prayer, instead of holding on regardless of how he felt in the circumstances, we discover that in his heart, he despised his birthright. The cravings of his flesh got priority and he exchanged the priceless gift for a bowl of lentil soup. It couldn't be made up. Jacob seems to take after his parents' values. True to his namesake, he uses his wit to grasp hold of the inheritance rights due to his brother. It is quite some years again before he sees the fruit from this act of faith. Nevertheless, he holds on to his treasure, believing for the blessing, despite the circumstances looking impossible. I feel led to draw parallels with the gospel passage. In the familiar parable of the sower, Jesus is explaining how the kingdom of God grows, not by force, but through the sharing and receiving of the good news. It is, in effect, news of the birthright to abundant and eternal life being made available to all who are born again through repentance, not just for the chosen eldest sons. As with any inheritance, it is released upon the death of the benefactor, Jesus's death at Calvary. What is our inheritance? It's twofold. For Jesus to live in us, here and now, bringing fullness of life, and for our lives to be in Christ Jesus for eternal life. That's our inheritance. And Jesus explains that for some, when this news is received, it may be snatched away or shriveled by the heat or smothered by other cares. Whilst for others, the received news produces supernatural levels of fruitfulness. Those for whom the seed on good soil. However, as I was pondering, I sensed God showing me a different angle. It still refers to the same kingdom growing context. The seed still represents truth, the soil still represents the nature of a person's heart, but this time I sensed that within each of our hearts, although the soil is good enough to have received the good news and believed, we each may still have areas that the seeds of truth are snatched, shriveled or smothered. It may be from times when we've been hurt and that part of our heart has been trampled over and hardened. We hear the truth that we are of great value, delighted in by our Father God, forgiven. We may even know that in theory, but it just doesn't sink in. And the truth comes and uh, is snatched away by the lies of the enemy refuting that truth. It may be that we've received the good news, but we've never treasured it enough to devote time to working on deepening the roots of the relationship. Then, when circumstances become tough, when the cost of carrying the cross feels too much, that joy of our salvation 
we felt at first is shriveled rather than grown. We may still be saved, but lacking the steadfast, deep joy and contentment. It may be that though we believe, our primary devotion to God is contested by all sorts of other concerns. We all have to juggle choices and it is all too easy to consider other louder demands like Esau's tummy rumbling as more urgent matter than feeding our faith, our discipleship. Even good works can be idolised and begin to smother our relationship with God. With the examples of Rebecca, Isaac, Esau and Jacob ringing in our ears, I believe God is inviting us to tend the soil of our own hearts so that his promises and truth of our inheritance may bear even more fruit in more areas of our lives. The good soil is the opposite to the other three soil types. And we all have good soil if indeed we've received our inheritance. So be encouraged. The good soil is a heart that is submitted to the Lordship of Jesus, not rebelling against God. It's a heart that's rooted by healthy discipleship, like maintaining fellowship with other believers, reading the Bible, praying, worshipping, going on retreat, perhaps. And good life-giving soil is a heart that has died to selfishness, storing up treasure in heaven rather than with investing money and time and attention for things that are not kingdom building. We are all works in progress with hearts that need healing and releasing from bondage to enjoy more fully our birthright inheritance. Has any soil type resonated with you? If you were able to take one step towards tending this soil, what might it be? This is not a rehearsal. Nothing is more important than our inheritance in Christ Jesus. And through faith, it is our birthright to be treasured, not despised. May the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ grant you the riches of his grace, his wholeness and his peace. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit be among you and those for whom you pray always. Amen.
in the power of the Spirit and in union with Christ, let us pray to the Father. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, you promised through your Son, Jesus Christ, to hear us when we pray in faith. We pray for your Church throughout the world. Give strength to Church congregations that cannot meet in our own country because of the risk of illness, in countries at war because of buildings destroyed, priests killed or jailed, and the people scattered by violence or hunger. We ask your blessing on priests and all ministers who, despite all, continue to teach, unite and heal. In peaceful Whitcomb we give thanks for our priests Tim, Jenny and Judith, and for those who are helping to hold us together. Sustain them, give them energy, inspire them. Strengthen all your church in the service of Christ, that those who confess your name may be united in your truth, live together in your love, and reveal your glory in the world. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for peace, justice and good government throughout the world. Father, strengthen international organisations that seek to promote health, peace, justice and well-being. The United Nations, World Health Organisation, World Trade Organisation and the whole host of voluntary organisations and charities that work for a better world. Speed their work and open the hearts of governments, militias and the forces of ignorance that impede it. Direct this and every nation in the ways of justice and of peace that we may honour one another and seek the common good. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for our community and for our neighbours. Heavenly Father, we bring before you our relationships, old ones that may be under strain from separation, new ones that illness and lockdown may have brought into being. Give us the patience, humour and generosity that make for safe and warm relationships. Protect women, children and men who are suffering abuse in the home. Give strength to refuges social workers, police and counsellors. And we hold up someone we know who is in a special need of your supporting hands and our love. Give grace to us, our families and friends, and to each of our neighbours, that we may serve Christ in one another and love as he loves us. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Comfort and heal all those who suffer in body, mind or spirit. We bring before you those whose health has suffered or whose treatment has been delayed as a side effect of resources being diverted to COVID-19. Likewise, those whose recovery from the virus is not straightforward or who will never fully recover. Give them strength to face their next steps and give their medics and carers the resources and skill to bring them treatment and healing. Father, for those whose lives are coming to an end, we ask that you will bring them relief from suffering, 
via the hands of doctors, nurses and carers, and through the peace that only you can bring. In a moment of quiet we bring before you those known to us. Give all who suffer courage and hope in their troubles, and bring them the joy of your salvation. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Hear us as we remember those who have died in the faith of Christ. Father, we hold up to you those who have died of COVID-19 and other illnesses. Likewise, victims of war and victims of famine. According to your promises, grant us with all who have died a share in your eternal kingdom. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Rejoicing in the fellowship of St. Matthew, St. Thomas of Becket and all your saints, we commend ourselves and the whole creation to your unfailing love. Merciful Father, accept these prayers for the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. 